0: The Playhouse and That's Not Kind of Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging.
1: too much, sorry. <laughs> no way, right. that's awesome. I'm so excited to see people again.
2: Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Love it. Now, Brooke, how was your birthday? Good, I'm old now. No, you're not. Halfway to 50. Are you? Are you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I've got a youthful glow. It deceives people. They think I'm like 19.
1: You're a youthful glow. Go- <laughs> hey, live, 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 while you're young. I don't know any of these like inspirational quotes, but live, <laughs> live while you're young. Or look young. Yes. But you're still in your 20s. Enjoy it. You're in your 20s. Have fun.
2: I feel so hyped up now. Speaking of being hyped up, this interview today, mm-hmm. that hyped me up a lot. Yes. Okay, Chels.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Overseas travel. Yeah. Not happening right
1: now. No, it's not. I don't think it will be happening for a while. But let's just say like in theory,
2: if you could go overseas and pretend Miss Coco's extinct. No qualms. Yep no concerns, no queries, mm-hmm. where would you go?
1: If Miss Coco wasn't here, well, obviously I would go back to New Zealand and see my family because I miss them dearly. But if it was to travel wise and just have fun, I really wanted to go to Tokyo in Japan. I wanted to go there last year, but I didn't get to, which was annoying. But yeah.
2: I feel like your, your answer is so wholesome. And then mine's like, I want to go to all of the Disneyland. <laughs>
1: There's nothing wrong with that, though. I'd
2: love to, I'd love to go back to Orlando. I'd see all my, my peeps over there. I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. Um, why are we?
1: Yeah. I'm just curious. Why are we talking about overseas travelling? That's a good
2: question. Our next guest has been fortunate enough to travel the world, all of it, mm-hmm. with his art. Last year, he even experienced the harsh reality of lockdown when he was stuck on a cruise ship, Why do you think he was stuck on a cruise ship?
1: Uh, This uh, lady called Miss Coco. Miss Coco. Miss Coco. Showed
2: up uninvited.
1: He then returned to the UK where he saw
2: an opportunity to reinvent his creativeness with his very own podcast.
1: (gasps) A podcast. So we better be on our best behaviour then. We always are. Yes, we are. Always. Yes. We've done this in (laughs) one take. Definitely. (laughs) Well, we can
2: can be um, podcast pals. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's cute. That's a thing. Uh, Thomas Armstrong Robley is an international performer with a career spanning from musical theatre to cabarets to even writing his own shows and being a recording artist.
1: What an amazing career. Low-key jealous, but that's fine. (laughs) He performed internationally over 200 times as well. Yeah,
2: and now he's back in Brizzy to direct Jersey Boys at Redcliffe Musical Theatre. And with him in the studio is talented actor Alexander Thanisoulis, who will be joining Tom and stepping in. To the shoes of the iconic four seasons frontman Frankie Valley.
1: <gasps> well you're in luck today. We're sitting down with an international performer who left Australia to perform in Europe as a lead vocalist for the Jersey Tones, a live tribute to Frankie and the four seasons. Well,
2: what are we waiting for, Chelsea? Let's get into it.
1: Let's do this.
2: Thomas and Alex, welcome to the Playhouse.
0: Hi, Hello. thanks for having Hello. us.
2: Super excited to have you both on today. Now, how is it? Being in rehearsals already for Jersey
3: Boys.
0: Oh, you want to start, or you want me to? Oh, wait to throw me a curveball.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with you, Alex. Yeah. Look, it is absolutely fantastic. My mind is blown with how many um, talented singers Tom has gotten in one room for this for this show. Last night we were all practicing. I think it was um, uh, what was the song? We
0: uh, were doing silhouettes, and we were doing apple i and in big town. man in town opening our Act
3: Two, and we're it's shivers. It's it's fantastic so far.
2: That's awesome. And Thomas, you back in Brizzy?
3: Yeah, back in Brizzy. First time in a
0: while. Nice to be back. Nice to be on stage again, which is, you know, more than I can say for certain countries in the world and, you know, keep my thoughts with them. But I'm, I'm grateful to be, you know, back doing what I do. And, uh, yeah, directing this show and now... It's just been announced yesterday. In it as well, a um, b- bit of a surprise for me. But uh, you know, sharing the stage with people like this guy right here—it's um, a—it's a dream. It's a—it's a show and uh, a style of music that has kind of become part of who I am. And uh, you know, to be uh, now telling the story is—it's um, a gift. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, what am You're I? A gift, Tommy.
3: love. <laughs> yes. Bit of a
0: bromance going on here.
3: <laughs> We would love to see
2: it. We truly do. Um, one of my favourite questions: Why this show now? Like, what's compelled you to join the project, Alex? And what's conjoined? What's conjoined? That's not a word. What's not that close. Inspired that? Well, well not yet. <laughs> uh, what What's compelled you to join the show? Yeah,
1: because you have done it before.
2: Thomas, well,
0: you? so you know this. As I said, this music has kind of become you know very much part of the fabric of you know my career and and you know my first job. I left Australia twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. First job was singing Frankie Valli's part in a in a Four season show um, overseas. For seven months, did it two hundred times. Nothing teaches you how to sing like singing Frankie Valli two hundred times in seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I, I created my own show, which was a Sinatra Frankie Valli crossover, which is called Live at Frankie's, and that that has been a, another kind of a joy that has taken me all over the place. And and you know, you say why now? It just happened to be you know perfect timing. I was I was doing my own podcast over the summer in, in the UK, you know, keeping myself, you know, busy and creating. And, and my guest, uh, this particular week was, uh, John Lloyd Young, who was the original Frankie in, in Jersey boys. And so happened that the same week that he was scheduled to be on the show, uh, I got a call saying, Hey, Jersey boys is going to be happening back home. Can you come back? Um, and you know, the decision was pretty easy. You know, I was, I was able to make that decision fairly quickly and, and, get on the plane and say that I'd sign up to to direct the show and you know I felt more than qualified to knowing the music so well and then to get that surprise again to step up into the amazing you know role of Tommy um, which is you know if I had to pick a role in the show to play uh, it would be this one and uh, you know having the confidence of the team behind me to just go don't hesitate just do it and uh, it's a it's a dream It, it really is
1: yeah, you did mention um, directing and mm. acting, like the whole world of the Jersey Boys. Yeah, for sure. How do you manage both roles at the same time? Because it is a bit of a challenge. Of course,
0: it is absolutely. Now, again, I, I mentioned the team straight up. I'm supported by, dare I say, one of the best assembled teams of creatives that you know any community theatre production w- would get. You know, these are people that, again, perfect storm. I keep we'll keep going back to that it just so happens that, you know, due to COVID, people aren't able to travel. So there's a lot of professionals and, and in the cast as well that are unable to, you know, travel and work. And, you know, so, you know, Robert Clark, for example, who's our musical director, he's a guy that usually in a year would be, you know, traveling to Europe, staging these massive events. You know, he, he was the musical director of the the Lord Mayor's Carols 14 years, you know, so he's, he's more than accomplished. But Much like myself, we find ourselves at a point in our lives and and just simply you know, due to safety, you're not allowed to travel. So we're looking for things to creatively satisfy ourselves, to fill that time, fill that void. Jenny, who's my choreographer and now assistant director, she's straight from Melbourne and and Jason Coleman's Ministry of Dance. You've got Matt Rofe, who's our associate musical director. Again, accomplished. These guys were just in Sydney doing a a carols event for Channel 10. So Mm. it just is to have their backing, (coughs) Uh, helps me balance um, a hell of a lot of organisation, making sure that I spent the entire Christmas period on my laptop doing track breakdowns for everyone in the show, picking the right cast as well. I know directors can sometimes cast themselves in shows, and I was very hesitant to be in this show. I will, mm. I will say that straight up. Um, I wasn't keen on the idea because I didn't want people in the wings and backstage whispering and saying, Oh, he's just cast himself in a show. He didn't give anyone a chance. And that, that isn't the case whatsoever. It was never a plan. And it was, it took a lot of coaxing from people to to go just do it and, and picking the right people in this company that can see that and mm-hmm. know that dare I say, I probably have more to prove than anyone, just because I have to prove that I'm worthy as a director and that I'm not going to let that job slip because at the end of the day that was the first job. So I have to honour that first but also have to lead by example and make sure that my performance is up to scratch and, and as I said, gives a good example for young Alex here who's actually older than me. <laughs> 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 just, just
3: physically. He's um, got a yeah. youthful glow. Look, I mean, we we did a table read um, I a read it. It's like one of the scenes um, for the audition, mm-hmm. and you stepped in for Tommy. And
0: we yeah, it was the uh, the Gypsy scene, the, the scene where you know, spoiler alert, Tommy gets in a lot of trouble and, mm-hmm. and ends up getting shafted from the group. It's okay. It's out there. It's it's history. It was <laughs> in years. the in the sixties? But <laughs> but
3: we did we, when we did that same, scene, just you know, just impromptu reading off the the script. There, it it just it felt it felt right. It felt it felt good. So the fact that you are also playing Tommy in it is just. It, it, it just works. It,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a there's a magic in the room from from the very first table yeah, read. Absolutely. Like there's there's excitement.
1: Cuz I was going to say what has it been like for you uh Tom from a casting perspective picking Alex mm. to be Frankie? Like what is ob- obviously the whole casting process is much different being on the other side of the table.
0: Yeah.
1: How was that process like for you personally?
0: I, I mean I love casting a show I think is one of the hardest jobs, but also uh, one of the most satisfying and you can save yourself a lot of time and a a lot of effort if you cast the right people from the get-go. And we often cast just based on talent, but you're actually casting people. First and foremost, you know, you got to think, do you want to go for a beer with these people? Do you want to spend you know hours in the hot, Mm. you know, Queensland summer rehearsing with these people? Are they good people to be around? That's first and foremost. Mm. This show proved to be one of the most just by its, its writing, is, is one of the most difficult shows to cast because the only people that play one character in the show are the four seasons, Frankie, Tommy, Bob, Nick. Everyone else plays, you know, between five and seven roles, you know, spoken or unspoken. So you're casting, like, you're, not, you're casting 10 actors for 50 or 60 roles. That's crazy. So you have to pe- find people that are very flexible. When it comes to Frankie, you know, obviously you're looking for that voice um but you look at this guy Greek descent you know playing an Italian guy it works you he's got the features height comes into it he's the right height we were talking about you know how he's not he's not a 6 foot 2 guy and if he was he wouldn't be Frankie Valli there is a difficulty with this production because it's a biographical musical so i was probably less flexible with certain people in the show because there was some amazing talent that came through that simply just didn't suit this show and in other musicals where there's a bit more room for Say, for example, it was a Jesus Christ superstar or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can kind of interpret it in your own way. Mm. It's been reinvented. This is about real people, real stories in a past that is not too distant. So it's we have like, to.
3: It's almost like a documentary.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's I, I don't even call it, it's a jukebox musical by definition, but it is more of a musical play. Um, and thus, Which has
1: limits to it as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we do take certain... Things in certain directions, but I I would like to be pretty historically accurate and and certainly you know present this show with an element of truth. So the guy that gave me the right tone, the guy that I, I talked about magic in the room a second ago, we at the first we ran our callbacks pretty, pretty differently from other from other places. We mm. we ran these almost workshops, mm. and uh, everyone read the same monologue for the men. We did the the men's call, and and they all did the uh, end of Act Two Frankie Valley monologue, and. There is a, a real confidence in yourself as a performer to allow silences and to just enjoy stillness. And the only person that sucked the the noise out of the room and, and truly created that silence, that beautiful magical silence, was this guy. And I knew then he was the one. And we've been in love ever since. Yes.
3: Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, sorry, Krista. And the um, rest I'm is actually <laughs> I'm actually leaving the country. Um, yeah, but. And, and I'm I'm really glad that you noticed that. I mean, it's when you're um, you know reading for a scene or something like that, like it's you're not trying to like prove to the audience like y- believe this, believe this, believe this. You you're just you're inviting them. You're inviting yeah. them into this particular moment in this person's life. Allow for silence. People don't speak all the time. I mean,
0: mm. people think. Funnily enough,
3: yeah, you
2: know. yeah. So I wanted to talk about the music of Frankie Valley. So the music mm. is. Very important to you guys, clearly. Yeah. What do you think it means to the greater theatre-going population, Ooh. specifically in Redcliffe?
0: I mean, I think Redcliffe is a perfect place for this. I mean, we, I mean, it's it's an up-and-coming place. As much as it's a it's a beautiful place already. It's every time I go away, it becomes even more even more, you know, developed and, and invested in. in the Moreton Bay region now, not the Redcliffe City Council. So it's it you know it's it's growing. It's going to become another Gold Coast, but we do have a lot of older patrons um you know seniors and, and things like that and as a result they enjoyed Frankie Valley the first time around so they're <laughs> gonna love this show but then you get the young people people of my age and you know 30s and 40s that they have they are aware of the show dare I say Jersey Boys as a property is more popular than Frankie Valley himself now because of you know the impact you know two amazing national tours of Jersey Boys and 10 years on Broadway 10 years in the West End so that that can't be understated, you know, how many million people have seen it. And, yeah, so I think it's a perfect show for Redcliffe and Redcliffe is such a nice day out. It's mm. it's not too far away from the city. Um, so you're getting, you know, QPAC kind of presentation but at a lesser price, if that makes sense. So, <laughs> I mean, this music is timeless. It's a word it, that it, I always yeah. use yeah. and and uh, it's you can't beat good melody and, and good lyrics. And, and if people aren't aware of the story... They can just come and enjoy the music because it, it's not like a normal musical. It's not telling the, the story through the music. The music is, it's a very much a play with music in it. It's a play about musicians. So it's, it's going to be a hell of a, a good concert. As well mm-hmm. as a good story, it's yeah. it's
3: a really unique musical because you've got um you know you've got songs that actually like they'll, they'll double tell a story, but then you've got these scenes that are just snippets of what would the concert be like if you were there, you know, mm. back then, and you know just, just even talking about the music itself, like sure you've got people like my grandparents' age or my, my parents' age who who grew up with Frank in the Valley Four Scenes, they they love them, you know, but even I'm not young, but <laughs> but no, I remember like what when we drove from Iceland to Canberra when I was like and when we drove up here we had one cassette in the car we would always play it and it was Frankie Valli in the four seasons and i, I even remember getting driven you know back and forth from from primary school looking out the window listening to dawn you know just that is just you know it's it's ingrained in you and it is timeless and any age can enjoy it and i'm just i can't wait to see an audience just really mm. come to life watching this, you know. Yeah.
1: Especially with a new audience as well, like oh, yeah. who are not too familiar about it, but are still curious to know about it
3: Absolutely.
0: as
1: well, which would be pretty interesting to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think you're going to get the, the Jersey Boys super fans. You're going to mm-hmm. get people that, and, and and I would like to, as I, as I mentioned, detail and, you know, a bit of historical accuracy. I would like to, the easy thing for us to do would be, you know, slap the red jackets on. Because that's what they did in the Broadway production. Mm-hmm. I'd like to actually, and I have been going through the actual four seasons. Let's find some. Let's find some Easter eggs like a Marvel movie where we throw in a few things for the super fans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They most people might not notice it, okay. But yeah, Frankie did wear that exact jacket at one point in his career, and it's for that one super fan that comes and goes. Wow, that's super detailed, and you know that's super. That's who we need to cater for because then everyone else will enjoy. There's elements for everybody,
3: and then you're not copying another show. Absolutely you know? like not. Like you're not you're not trying to be competitive. And you're just trying to say, well, this is this is our you know, in a parallel universe, yeah. you know, where the same events happened. This is what it it would have looked like.
0: Yeah. It also gives the cast ownership. Yes. yes. Very much so. Exactly, like that's yeah. important. Like for example there's, uh, as I mentioned, every person other than the Four Seasons plays, you know, up to seven different roles. As opposed to just casting the track, uh, casting a person for that particular track, I went and custom built everyone's track. So everyone has their own track. It gives them a level of ownership. Yeah. It's their show. This is our show. You know, we, we are stuck into what we're doing. But everyone else, we this is our production. Because even Four Seasons tribute acts nowadays... They are doing a tribute of the f- the way the four seasons are presented in Jersey Boys mm-hmm. because that's what sells, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, we, we need to take ownership. We need to create because otherwise, you know, we're, we're just reproducing and, and that's not exciting.
3: When an audience comes to see a show, they're seeing it because this is the first time they're seeing exactly. it. Well, they're not seeing it because this is the third time it's been done this season. It has to be a first. Yeah. The four seasons. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we want to obviously yet to come back to brisbane yeah. to do jersey boys but you had to go for a little bit of a journey to get here and uh,
0: yeah. 2020 a, was a hell of a year yeah. <laughs> tell us about it was it yeah yeah
1: because we, we were looking through your instagram at the moment and we saw one of your instagram posts uh, saying 30 days without touching dry land oh, yes. apologies everyone who has not reached who i've not reached out and it's you wearing a mask. Yeah. You were stuck on a cruise ship.
0: I was. Yeah. So, I mean, COVID, at the, the point where I left Australia, because, I mean, 2020, as inconvenient, let's say that, as it was, uh, especially for, you know, Australia, yes, but certainly there's places in the world that have been way more affected. It was the best year. It was the year that I finally started to rebuild that momentum and was most weeks on a, on a, on a ship or on a plane or doing something very creatively satisfying. And then the last ship I went to, I was meant to go to South Africa for the first time, did, you know, flew to Dubai. By the time I got to Dubai, um, I think it was March 10th. I'd flown 14 hours and I had an email going, NCL would like to send you back to Australia. And there was whispers because at that point it was very much, covid was not in australia not Mm -hmm. in the uk it was it was still very much in the asian region you know southeast asia and and china and things like that anyway my agent was like no it's okay we'll we'll push on so fly to the seychelles which was where i was going to pick up the ship and then sail south africa they said fly to the seychelles and then tomorrow we're going to fly you to mauritius you'll spend three nights in a hotel in mauritius the ship will pick you up there the morning i wake up seychelles about to go for my flight they go change again, get to the dock. They're going to whiz you to the ship on a, on a speedboat. So, oh, oh, whoa. James Bond style. Yeah. Oh, Very wow. <laughs> yeah. So did that, eventually got on the ship, you know, settled in. The ship never made it to Mauritius. So if <gasps> I'd have gone to Mauritius, I would have been stuck there.
1: Oh no. Um,
0: and I've never been to Mauritius before, but anyway, we, we sailed. And, and by the, the, the 16th, which was the day of my first show, they'd announced that we wouldn't be going to any ports. We'd oh, no. be sailing straight to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting that I was going to have this disgruntled, disappointed, hostile crowd to deal with doing Frankies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just weren't. They were beautiful. They were so understanding because mm. this is the thing. I mean, certainly on the ship anyway, this was a blameless thing. You know, it, it's no one's fault. It is a situation beyond our control, safety first. And I do a little story in my show before I sing My Eyes Adored You where I talk about the journey. To get to this point and i went well ladies and gentlemen it's been a long journey and a lady in the front row yells tell us about it because at that point they'd been on the ship for two weeks without getting, <gasps> getting off oh, no. and at that I can... point i knew that they were okay to laugh about it
1: yeah everyone's in the same position as absolute, well What's we're all thing? in the same
0: boat oh, as they say yes. <laughs> um you know so you know i started cracking little jokes about things and and you know i did a, I i did a um, I did a speech about, you know, staying, po- my, my, my catchphrase through this whole thing was stay positive, test negative, that, which was gifted to me by, <laughs> so which cold. was gifted, gifted yes. to me by a, an amazing guest. And I said, I'm stealing that. So I said it on stage and a guy yelled, you should be the captain. Cause the captain was getting a lot of flack, oh, not no. an easy job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was worried that I was going to start a mutiny by accident. So mm-hmm. I was just like, people in the hallways were like, uh, morning captain. I'm like, shut up shut up <laughs> um so anyway you know the guests all got off on the 24th of of march they managed to get off but as i was on the crew manifest even though i was in you know guest cabin mm-hmm. um i was stuck on the ship so i ended up on the ship for another month after that so oh no. april 20th i got back to london and again there wasn't a safe route for me to get back to australia mm-hmm. so opted to go to london thinking you know three months i'll be back to back to work as Everything i think would we improve. all thought yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and unfortunately they're in their worst time ever you know 1500 deaths a day that's that's that makes me feel very at peace that i'm here mm-hmm. um you know so it's as i said a, a hell of a journey uh, there were some great moments of that 2020 journey of of being in london spending time with family great amazing people i connected with you know john lloyd young john owen jones and the, these fantastic creatives and and again much like me they were out of work too so they're looking for things to do to creatively satisfy themselves so i can't say that it was a bad year i can say that it was inconvenient that was frustrating at times that it was testing you know mentally very challenging emotionally exhausting Mm -hmm. broke down more times than i care to admit but that's part of it and that will lead to incredible art and to take on Jersey boys, which is a very emotional and a very gritty show straight mm. after that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Ooh, it's, it's, it's uh, put it this way. there's a, there's a storm of brewing and it's going to be, it's going to be big.
1: I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Well, you, you
2: mentioned John Lloyd Young then, mm. and you recently interviewed him for your podcast, Midnight mm-hmm. Rodeo. How on earth did you connect with him? Cause he's a, for, for those listening, he's a Tony winner. He is the original Broadway Frankie. He's Frankie in the movie. What a superstar! Yes, yeah.
0: a Grammy winner. Yeah, everything. He's the only American actor still youngest and the only to ever win the Grand Slam. He's won in his Broadway debut. He won every major theater award. That's no one's crazy. ever done that. You know, the Drama Desk, the Outer Critics Circle, the, the theater world, the Tony, the Grammy. Psht. How did I get him? I asked. You don't ask, you don't get. Mm. You know, I write a hell of an email. I will say that. But just
1: double checking your email—it's like, oh my gosh, my god, this grandma's right. You know, it's just
3: emojis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am, I, I hesitate to use the word lucky, but you know, I love the hustle. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't consider myself to be more talented than anybody, more skilled than anybody. There's plenty of people out there that are way better than I am. But I work hard. I'm driven. And, you know, I think with the podcast and and how I was able to get these amazing people like John, who just happened to be at the perfect time, he understood that there was a quality product there. I was able to show him the podcast and go, it's high quality. But also that my intentions were good. I was doing it to, that podcast was started to shine a spotlight on our industry, much like you guys do to, you know, show that our industry, the art is important. But also to give artists like myself, who were in a place of you know hopelessness last year, and and a lot of people considering quitting, that hindsight. A lot of those artists that have been very successful have gone through troughs and valleys and troughs and valleys. valleys? That's the same. Peaks and valleys. Yeah, Frankie valleys.
2: <laughs> 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 um,
0: so to use their hindsight and use their experience as a as a tool to go just keep going. This 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 too shall pass, as they say Can in the pass, show. Uh, you know, good and the bad, you know, it's all part of the journey. So, you know, he, he gave me a two part conversation. And if you haven't checked it out yet, yeah, check it out. It's amazing. It's a, it's a fantastic chat. He's a Buddhist guy. He's very, he, he's one of our more candid interviews. You know, you expect a certain amount of polish and a certain amount of, I I suppose, stock standard answers. Mm. And he went, if we can't be truthful in 2020, you know, he talked about his Broadway experience and how some of it wasn't good how some of it wasn't enjoyable and that he probably wouldn't return to Broadway. And that's interesting mm. and that's very honest. And I appreciate that.
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of your audience as well would appreciate that insight because you never really hear of Broadway performers saying it wasn't all picture perfect.
0: Yeah. He has a yeah. super loyal fan base, like very, very, very loyal. And they said it was one of the best interviews, mm. my most heartfelt interviews and, and trying to ask interesting questions to them to be a little bit different and, and, engage with them you know they do media he's been on the view he's been on i think he's been on oprah and and things like that so to give them something that they can you know really sink their teeth into rather than the what was it like to sing can't take my eyes a few on the tony's you know how do you
2: sing high notes yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so we chatted for double the time but off air that's yeah and he's very giving i'm very thankful for his time
2: that's amazing so while we're on the topic of the podcast tell us a bit more about how that all fell into fruition
0: Again, right time, right place. You know, I I found myself, you know, broadcasting is something I've always enjoyed. Uh, Any chance I get to do radio or or podcasts, I I do it. I enjoy it. Uh, I've got a face for radio. I think some people say that. Um, you, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could see he was about to say something. Um, but, you know, there, the was, there was there was a studio that was starting up in Australia called A1. And they said, I'll be interested in having you host something for us. So, And I, and I was like, what do I want to say? How do I want to format? And what do I know? I know this business. I know art. I know, you know, people. And so I thought a podcast around that was was an interesting way to go. And you know, a lot of the time we don't even talk about industry stuff. We're we're talking about two artists, about all sorts of stuff. You know, challenges we go through. You know, as I said, making it have a have a meaning, have have purpose, uh, have a mission, and and that mission being, you know, to help, to sh- to spotlight. And uh, it was a good way for me to utilize that spare time that. You know, I had, and many of us had to connect. It's a networking tool first and foremost, you know, so regardless of whether anyone listens, I now know these people, you know, these are some of them are my friends now and we're all connected. It's it's interesting. Yes, yes, John is a, a Tony winner. Yes, he's a Grammy winner. But at the end of the day, we're both people.
1: Yeah. We're
0: both mm-hmm. commonality. We have commonality. We're in the same industry. Yes, he's achieved certain successes. and But most of these people, once you really just get to know them and get past that front, just you like, realise just like everyone they're just like anybody else. Yeah. Stars, and, and,
1: they're just like us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and most of them, like, they, they hate that. They hate being called stars because they're just, they had the same journey as a lot of us. He had a, a magical, joyous gift of a role gave him a lot of success and a lot of notability but we're just the same in many ways and finding that commonality and and coming in and treating them like like that rather than fanboying that would have been an easy way to go and and i think that would have lost me some respect but i think just because i i was like you know we're just people obviously treat them with respect and Mm. treat them with you know a level of professionalism but at the end of the day, they're for a conversation, yeah. You know, and and I think they appreciated that, and I think that's that's why it enjoyed. I I never intended it to be what it became. I never intended. I thought it was just going to be me chatting with my friends, and and you know, because I've got a lot of amazingly talented artist friends, and I thought that was that was what it was destined to be, and I was happy with that. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting these people coming out of the woodwork without even putting out an episode. You know, we'd locked in people that had won Arias and people that had been nominated for Emmys, and I hadn't even put out an episode. I'm like. Why are they saying yes? And it has to come down to they think I'm a, I'm a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> They're wrong.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, Tom, you've done lots of like performing. You've got a, a big resume. Or, yeah, sorry for the
0: big bio. Apologies. No,
1: we appreciate research. You've done so much for like performing and also directing as well. Um, mm. To Alex... You're, you're a teacher, more a drama teacher, aren't you?
3: Yeah, so um, I have my degree in uh, secondary education with English and drama as well. Um, I've had a lot of good opportunities just teaching um, how to let go and be creative, um, especially with, with literature and then putting it together with like a drama technique. You know, um, recently I've actually been quite fortunate to get some uh, jobs I- tutoring for like musical theatre companies.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, don't be,
3: uh, like um, just community theatre places. Yeah. Um, but just being in the room with people who are like fascinated and excited and curious about musical theatre, that's that's where I want to be. Being a drama teacher is is just one of the places I can get that.
2: I agree. What is the lesson that you most wish? to teach your students outside of curriculum, outside of all that bureaucracy? Um, I'm just kidding. I love the curriculum. I'm sure you love it as well. It's great. It's a great document.
3: Uh,
2: But what do you you wish most to pass on to the kiddos?
3: When I, you know, I was actually thinking about um, how musical theatre has affected my life. Um, yesterday, the first show I ever did was a little show called Bugsy Malone, and it was over at. Um,
0: we could have been anything <laughs> we wanted to be. Yeah. Hey, look, that's
3: actually too far from like.
0: We could know. do we could do Bugsy Malone instead of Jersey Boys. do why? it as an
3: encore after the show. Why not? Why right. not? But <laughs> that little that little show there, it was all of a sudden. Fourteen year old Alex was like introduced to all these really, you know, fascinating people who were like the same age or people who were older, people who were younger in the show. And it was just, it just became like, it was like a light went on. And after we did that show, actually, you know, life gets in the way. You go and you, you're at school, you have other things that you have to do. And it wasn't until I think about age 23 that I just, I needed a hobby. I needed something just like some soul food. And, um, you know, my poor mother, <laughs> she, um, she called up uh, BTG and she was just like, she spoke to a lovely man called Ian, who was, um, he had something to do with um, Beauty and the Beast. I think it was on there. And she, basically, it was like, Alex, you need to go and be a part of this show. Audition's are already done. They're already started. But, like, let's see if we can get you in there just to be a part of it. And I just remember, like, she was handing me the phone. I was just like, no, 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 Hi, Ian. How are you going? Yes, my name's Alex. Sure, I'll be there tonight. And I, I, I just remember walking up those steps to go in there. Everyone was sitting down. There, there's a piano up the front they start playing the music, everyone starts singing together, and it's just this absolute incredible emotion that just flooded through the room. And that light that went on when I was 13, 14, straight back on at 23. And every year since then, I try to at least do one show because if if somebody can find that, then that's what I want to pass on to them. Find something that you want to do, where you want to be, where, where people want you to be, and really embrace that light coming on. End of, <laughs> End of lesson. End of lesson. Class dismissed.
1: <laughs> now, Tom, you've you've also trained at the con, mm-hmm. the Queensland Conservatorium. Yes. How has that been? Has that been a big influence for your performing and like for your future career? Yes. Uh
0: yes. I'm gonna Okay, I'm gonna reveal something. I don't really talk about whoa,
2: this publicly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we do like a it's time for a big reveal?
0: It's <laughs> big reveal. And, and and again, this is no reflection on the course itself. Uh the, the CON any performance institute and and course is what you make it if you understand that it is a, it is a it is a like a petri dish which represents the industry it's 30 people vying for like a certain amount of roles vying for the attention of certain people you know your che- tutors are like casting directors and things like that so it is just a small representation of what the industry will be for you so if you can handle that you'll you'll be fine outside but not, not everyone can handle that because it is a bubble. For me, I made the decision to walk out of the con eight weeks before we finished. <gasps> That's the big reveal. And I did it for a very important reason. It's not because it's a bad cause. Because everything builds up to this third year and, and the showcase, you know, wanting the agent. Mm-hmm. Whereas that wasn't for me. I didn't want the agent. I wanted to self-represent because I wanted to find myself as an artist and as a performer and frankly, I didn't want to give away 15% straight away. You know, I wanted to find my worth before I gave it away, if that makes sense. So I I made the conscious decision to leave because I also was, at at that time, I was directing a production of Jesus Christ Superstar. I was working. So I had money on the table. And why do we go to study performing? We go to study performing so we can work. And I can tell you that, you know, I got everything that I could out of that at course. I played some incredible roles. Um, just, just such, such gifts of roles you know, Roger in rent, Archibald in, in secret garden, very different, but, um, you know, brilliant roles. And then I worked and that's, and that's what I did. And that's what I think is more important than a piece of paper. No one, not one person since I left the course has ever asked me for a piece of paper because this is a subjective industry. It doesn't matter. The best One of the best West End shows that I've ever seen, the lead actor, it was was Heathers, the guy playing JD, one of the best and most honest and amazing portrayals that I've ever seen. Never trained a day in his life. Really? Incredible.
1: Mm. Oh, wow.
0: Incredible. And that just goes, that just proves the point that everyone's path is their own. Some people need that piece of paper and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's their journey. My journey... And it kind of has always been... And, and you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. I'm, I'm not perfect. I've certainly made mistakes, plenty of them. But, you know, my journey is always about following my gut and and betting on myself. And I and I met with Paul Sabie, who's the, the amazing head of the course. He came from London to start this course and, you know, has led it into becoming one of the best performance uh, degrees in the entire country within a few short years. That takes decades usually, and he's done it in, in like five or six years. Now for me I went to him and he obviously didn't want me to go and I said Paul I have to bet on myself and that is how I've kind of lived my career and it's worked out so you know that that would be my lesson if I was a drama teacher that would be my lesson it would be bet on yourself take a risk it's not about talent it's about hustle
1: and everyone's pathway is completely different 100% mm-hmm. that's the thing yeah And everyone has their own time of learning things some may take longer than others that's the thing but it's it's interesting yeah absolutely
0: be tenacious you know just be 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 sure of yourself don't kid yourself and think you're perfect think you're the best there's plenty of people better Mm. but know that you have a value and a place and then go find it define it and make people pay for it if
3: you want to go if you go after what you want rather than what you're told to do by ah, yourself yeah. or by everyone else, then you will go for it with such fire that no one can stop you. It doesn't matter if, if you're wrong. You, you, you'll you go for it because mm-hmm. what you want to do. Yep.
2: You two have hyped me up so much. I feel like I could literally run through a brick wall right now. am like, yeah! <laughs> I can do this! The tenacity. Uh, Wait, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we wrap up, we have a super fun quiz. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. It's called... Frankie facts. Oh so we need- no!
3: <laughs> 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 let me just get
0: we a need- Wikipedia opening. <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. You, you got be- your history down. Is this a? Is a, are we competing?
2: Yes. So we need a buzzer from each of you. You
1: just say your name. Tommy. Um, okay,
2: Frankie. Okay. Casalucci.
0: Okay. Yeah, we got. That's a bit <laughs> so long for a marquee. Sorry.
2: <laughs> we've test. We've tested the buzzers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to hit with the question. Whoever buzzes in first gets to answer. Mm. They're They're not that tricky. I th- oh, also, just to let you know, Priya, one of our writers, she got 100 percent on this quiz. She's a super fan.
0: Oh. So, so if we know we she fail, knows what
2: she's doing. I'm yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm so nervous.
3: <laughs> that cassette when I was a kid it better help.
0: <laughs> I'm so nervous, but I'm no, excited. No, no, you're going
2: to be fine, you're going to be fine. Okay, question number 1. What is Frankie Valley's star sign?
0: Oh, you should know this, you're playing the role.
2: You're like, what is a star sign?
3: Alex, <laughs> I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to I know Bobs. Here. I'm going Oh, man. I'm going to say Scorpio. You didn't buzz in. I said, "Oh, Frankie." <laughs> <laughs> so is my name. This
2: is a very serious game.
3: <laughs> Frankie, uh, Scorpio, Scorpio.
2: That is incorrect.
3: Tommy, Sagittarius.
2: That is incorrect. Damn it. He's a Taurus. Oh
3: no! Oh, I did Frankie's chart. his moon is in Taurus. <laughs> I did Frankie's oh, chart. his moon in is in Taurus. <laughs> it's
2: in the script.
0: Well, let's oh. see that
2: his moon is a separate. So his yes, son Yes, Bob's is in the first Into in the Taurus. second
0: act, he talks about- Maybe I
3: should read the script now.
0: I did Frankie's chart. his moon is in Taurus. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> think, I'm so annoyed anyway. Continue. Also,
2: his son is in Taurus. Just wanted to clarify son is in those, Taurus. This. The, the line is. I think the line is, moon is in Taurus. Yeah. But the, he's also, his son is also in Taurus. Oh, well, good on him. This is one that I think, Alex, you'll get this one. Question number two. Spell Frankie's real surname.
0: Actually, Tommy. Yeah. Uh C A S T A L U C I O.
2: That is incorrect. Damn it! Oh. You are close, though. There's you are. Close. Is it two L's? Yes. Yeah. There's also the
1: A before the L,
2: and there's no there's no A, oh, no, there's, there's an E. e. Is C I, I would have no. like gone wrong. I would have reveal. said
3: two C's.
2: There is two C's.
3: Oh well.
2: Wait, do we give you the point?
0: Uh, See,
1: I kind of rigged it.
0: I'm going to, to have to add a bonus fine, question. Fine, give him a well, point. It'll make him feel happy. We'll do
1: question number five. Three. Question number three. three. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So before singing Paid the Bills, what was Frankie's survival Time.
0: job? He's a barber.
1: Oh correct. I, mm, <laughs> but I don't want
0: to be a barber anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back to barber school, So to barber to school. we
1: had no one get
2: the first question correct. We kind of gave away the second question.
0: I'll
3: take it, <laughs> it. I'll take it. <laughs>
2: Should we do one final Does that as a mean tiebreaker? We're, we're
0: tied one-one. Even though you I got think a cheap tiebreaker. Point.
2: Yeah, tiebreaker, tiebreaker round. Here okay. we
1: go.
2: <laughs> Name any TV show Frankie Valli Toy. has appeared on.
0: The Ed Sullivan show.
2: Okay, other than the as Ed a, Sullivan show, as, as like a um, as Fra-
3: Alex, American Bandstand. Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Oh, but I signed in though. <laughs> he was on The Sopranos.
2: That is correct. Rex. I think. You both got a. a
0: does that mean we need to do another tiebreaker? I think what we're looking we here is just I'm be not be good winners, at you know?
2: We've got another. We do have another tiebreaker
1: here.
3: All right. <laughs> I don't care anymore, I mean, You can have. I mean, no, I. I can do care. Hopefully, Keep this one will be all
1: right. Go. All right. Is this a tiebreaker around? This is the tiebreaker. Okay. Frankie is the eldest of how many? Frankie. Si- yes. Three. Correct. Bazinga! Alex uh, walks away uh, as the da, champion. Da, 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 da.
0: He's also fired. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't bother coming back. Tough times at Playhouse today. The,
3: the youngest <laughs> is Bobby. And then the oldest brother, I believe his name's Anthony. And there's a 25-year gap between the oldest and him, I believe.
2: Now we see why you cast him. He's done his research.
0: Oh, he's he's good. He's very good.
3: I said Bobby Valley, uh, <laughs> a friend request on Facebook.
2: <laughs> he still hasn't got back sorry, to can me. Sorry,
3: you, can you tell us more about that? Oh, my God. I, I, I know. I was looking. I was just saying, like... Why, why does Frankie Valli hang with all these other people? Like, doesn't he have like brothers and sisters and that kind of thing? And I looked him up and it's like, oh, he had a brother, um, but he was like really older than him. And he had a younger brother as well, which he also takes, took with him into singing. Like Bobby, Bobby Valli is singing, is like, he has just as much of a rise as an amazing singer as he does. Um... And I just, when I, when I saw that, I was like, you know, I wonder, if, I wonder if I just Google them on Facebook to see what happens. Um, and it popped up and I was like, oh, my God, this actually looks genuine. I'm going to send a friend request right here. <laughs> and, uh, so
2: we'll get back to you all with an update if Alex ever hears back. <sighs> you know. Yeah, let us know.
3: Connections, you know.
2: <laughs> so it's time for our final question. Obviously, we're the Playhouse, the home of theatre. Mm-hmm. We want to know where you guys refer as home.
0: Ooh. Alex, I'm going to let you go there first being with my fiancee. You're gross. <laughs> um, home, I think I, th- I think I actually posted, if you stalk my Instagram, I think I said recently home, I've never attached to a, a location, you know, physically, um, just from moving around a lot as a kid. And, you know, I moved from England when I was six or seven. So, you know, home has become the suitcase. You know, home's a feeling. You know, it's about, you know, I feel at home on stage. Cheesy as that sounds. that That's <gasps> wow. that's the one place that I feel truly comfortable, truly in, in uh, myself. So I think that's probably it. Mm. Hey, obviously being with family is great too, but nah, this stage.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do ditch. You do? <laughs> I do ditch it.
2: <laughs> 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 well, it's been awesome having the two of you on here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank um, you so thank much. You. We're very much looking forward to seeing Jersey Boys. Yeah.
3: Woo. Woo. <sighs> Just too good.
2: Now, after hearing all the exciting work Thomas is planning, it is no surprise that our very first Playhouse Pick of the Week will be Jersey Boys at Redcliffe Musical Theatre. We absolutely cannot wait to experience all the classic hits of Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons from the 12th to the 21st of March at the Redcliffe Entertainment Centre, I believe.
1: Absolutely. Oh, what a night that is guaranteed to be. Speaking of music, Queensland Symphony Orchestra are back to do a collection of both company and audience favourites. From Beethoven to Bolero, this is a one-time only event with matinee and evening performances for one day only, which is the 6th of February.
2: Now, Chelsea. Yeah? I don't know about you, but as a kid, I read a lot of Roald Dahl. Yes. Like a lot.
1: I've read a couple
2: and then obviously, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory movie. hmm. Big hit back in the day. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing it in the movies. Anywho, Phoenix Ensemble down in Beanley are presenting Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, the musical. <gasps> we are so excited to step into a world of pure imagination. Now, this show runs from the 5th to the 27th of Feb.
1: That is correct and at the Playhouse we love all creative art forms and the final Playhouse pick for this week is Aftermath by the Australasian Dance Collective. This one is going to be exciting. For one weekend from the 12th to the 14th of February at the Powerhouse, the Australasian Dance Collective will take us on an audio, visual and sensory trip set to a score by the Kite String Tangles. Danny Harley.
2: Valentine's Day.
1: It is. What a lovely date idea. Love Valentine's. Yes. Do you have
2: any plans this year for Valentine's Day? No. Well, listeners, <laughs> send us a DM on Instagram. We need to find a roomie uh, for Chelsea. Because like roomies, you know, roomies. Applications
1: are open if you...
2: Applications <laughs> are now open for Chelsea's roomie hunt. Apply today at Playhouse Pod on Instagram. Once again, we are... <laughs> I can
1: do this. Yes, I can. Let's go. <gasps>
2: Anywho, for a full list of all of the events happening in South East Queensland over the next month, don't forget to check out the Theatre House website and also the socials Theatre House on Instagram, Playhouse Pod on Facebook, Instagram, blah, 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 all your streaming services, Spotify, Stitcher, podcast with Apple.
1: Just the usual.
2: Anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun interview.
1: That was honestly amazing. I enjoyed it so much.
2: And that trivia at the end, the
1: Frankie facts or trivia, good I- way to wrap up the episode though.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to need to bring them back because they just they were so as they were heading out, they were both so competitive. I think we need to bring them back
1: oh, for a rematch. Yes. yes.
2: We could even make them versus Priya. She's our, our resident Frankie Valley expert.
1: She's the expert. She got all of them right, flying colors 100%. Go, Priya. <laughs>
2: I still I still reckon if it was two of them versus Priya. Uh, my, my money's on prayer
1: exactly now if you do want to listen or not listen well you can listen and watch and experience um Jizzy Boys which will be at the Redcliffe Musical Theatre which will be on 12th to the 21st of March and it will be going for eight shows which I would like to buy a ticket because it sounds really interesting
2: <laughs> yeah it's right around the corner and that creative team they were talking about like Jason Coleman amazing hello hello there that's so <laughs> so 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 cool and I'm really looking forward to it and I hope
1: you all are too all right, we're going to see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. And... see. <laughs>
3: Hello, all you beautiful people. I'm Jared, and I'm the host with the most of That random Podcast. Have you ever wondered what nurses do when they aren't saving lives? Or what DJs do when they aren't spinning decks? Each week, me and a guest, and along with you, the listener, will dissect and look deep into these types of topics. It's heartfelt, funny, and filled (laughs) with OMG moments. But I won't tell you any. You'll have to come and listen for yourself. Just search that random podcast and have fun listening. Bye.